0: Mission sequence start, six, five, four, three,
1: two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm happy, excited to be joined in the studio today by my one-time, long-time former co-host, Father Andrew Dickinson. Hi, Father. Hi, how you doing? Good, good. Good to have you here. Better than my sins deserve is my answer to your question. Oh, Thank yeah, you for gosh. giving that to me a while ago. Um so, Father and I are going to be talking today about um, his answer to the question, "What does it mean to be Christian?" Um, as I said, Father, I don't. know, We did. We recorded a couple hundred episodes of Ignition, at least together. M- yeah, more than a couple hundred.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, I- I've got the counseling bills to prove it.
1: <laughs> and uh, and we talked about this, but as I told you off the air and, and listeners to Ignition lately have been. This is something I've been asking hosts, and it's something that I'm really um, looking forward to hearing how you articulate. Your answer to the question: What does it mean to be Christian? If you've never listened to Ignition before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Diocese of Sioux Falls, if you're not familiar, is basically eastern South Dakota. The Missouri River almost completely bisects the state of South Dakota, um, and we are the eastern half of the state. Rapid City is the other diocese to our west. Uh, That's my job, but more importantly, I am married to Jermaine for 20 plus years as of recording today, and. And uh, she's from Ohio, I'm from Minnesota, but f- all five of our kids are born and raised in eastern sunny Sioux Falls. Whoop. Father, would you introduce yourself to our listeners, if they've never heard your dulcet tones <laughs> before?
0: Uh, so... I'm uh, originally from South Dakota, born and raised in Yankton, South Dakota. Uh, to the, one, What city is it? The Queens? No, not. The mother city. The, the mother Dakotas. city. Mother the city mother of the Dakotas. City. Do you yes. know why
1: Sioux Falls is called the Queen City? No clue. <laughs> the disdain is dripping. Yeah,
0: sorry. I've heard it once, but I was like, isn't like Cincinnati the Queen <laughs> City? Some other cities, but uh, there's no other mother city, the Dakotas, no other mother city <laughs> than Yankton, which is the original territory capital, right? And right. uh, but yes, so my high, my elementary and high school education are paying off right now, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, born and raised there, uh, wonderful parents, uh, and uh, been a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls now, uh, for this is my 14th year. As an ordained priest, uh, serving in uh, my eleventh year at Saint Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and at the Pius the Twelfth Newman Center in Brookings for South Dakota State <coughs> University, go big, go blue, go Jacks. Yes,
1: yes, sir. Uh, which was the host um, last fall for College Game Day on ESPN. Yes.
0: So yeah, was, well, we'll stop there. I know, that day. I know. I know. I know. I know. So <laughs> but it was one ex- second, just gonna find a happy spot. Okay. Okay. I think
1: I'm engineer, uh, hails from a different, uh, alma mater. If That's I too bad.
0: Correctly. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. Well, I, I, myself am not a jackrabbit. Uh, and actually, you know, you talked, you, you made a joke about my, my disdain for Sioux Falls. Yeah. So it's always good to go on the record with things that will probably happen <laughs> then because of my many, uh, <laughs> grievous sins in my life is I actually think I'd have an easier time being the chaplain at USD for my next assignment than I would being a chaplain for Gorman. Oh, high school in Sioux Falls oh, wow. because uh, I love the jackrabbit. I tell, and I tell my students this all the time. So this is nothing new. I love the jackrabbits. Uh, I love because they're my students and mm. uh, I love Jesus in them. Uh, but I am not a jackrabbit. Right. And so if I had to love coyotes, well, I would love coyotes. Right. Right. Um, but I am a Yankton buck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, Yankton high school uh, where I went and uh, we had many a clash in the 1990s. With uh, the O'Gorman Knights, And uh, so that blue is just a little different color blue than the SDSU blue. Uh, (laughs) And then there's the
1: diocesan blue too, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm okay with that one. Okay. That's not as prominent. That is... That's, and that's a lo- that's more of an SDSU blue, I think, than the Ogorman blue.
1: Is it? I don't. Yeah. I, have, I have compared the three of them
0: side by side. We need we, we, we need some uh, graphics design experts go. to help there us out. There
1: um, you go. You can email the show yeah, ignition, ignition at SFCatholic. SFCatholic. But not did you, I, I did, you I, I, the, I did I that. I thought you could do that. that. Yeah. yeah. So. But Okay, moving on. You know, once Father and I, I, I shared this with you when I found it. Um, I checked one of our reviews on iTunes. Do you remember? No. T- too much but... silly banter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some habits die hard.
1: Amen. So, Father Dickinson, um, abrupt transition, segue to the topic of, of today. What What is your answer to, what does it mean to be Christian?
0: Silly banter. <laughs>
1: What? Yeah. To to be Christian means silly banter.
0: Well, in some ways, being a Christian means you can have silly banter. Because? Uh, Because Christ has conquered. Therefore. and So therefore, uh, what would I gain by worrying about my life? Mm. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, for Dr. Bergwald, who doesn't know the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, Matthew chapter uh, 6, verses 25 and following, uh, about why should you worry about what you eat or what you will wear? Uh, Can you add one... minute to your day by worrying you can't Uh, so part of being a Christian now that doesn't mean uh, you should be uh, unserious at serious times sure right uh, but part of being a Christian is knowing that you have a freedom to have silly banter, uh, that everything doesn't have to be uh, dreadful and serious. Like uh, if the listeners had ever seen, I'm not recommending, but if they've ever seen Monty Python's uh, The Holy Grail, uh, when they have a vision of God and God is complaining about the dreary Psalms. Oh. Yeah. And the Psalms are not dreary, by the way, and they're wonderful. They're about life. And, and... The Psalms, like the Christian, uh, you know, they're serious when they need to be serious, and they're also joyful and playful when it's time to be joyful and playful.
1: Yeah, because I, I, you said freedom, and so we, yeah. we are children of our Heavenly Father, and if if we live that identity, then we know that whatever happens is within His fatherly divine providence, and we need not be concerned, and then therefore we can live... Uh, joyfully, which doesn't always, like it not, it's not always, um, I don't know how you put it. Some, we're serious at times, but still, there's I don't know, there's a Christian joy that ought to pervade everything, which flows from our identity as beloved children.
0: Yeah, and opposite a dreary dullness, uh, drollness, uh, uh, being sad and overwhelmed about uh, challenges in the world. Um, so, as a Christian, trying to find that internal balance of I have confidence in Christ and His victory, uh, even though there are serious difficulties and challenges that I face in the midst of my daily life. But that freedom, you know, and, and I'm thinking right now of Galatians and St. Paul. Uh, where St. Oh, pa- uh, Paul? He's so, the author of the letter of the, the book to, of the Galatians, Gal- which is one of the Galatians. books of the New Testament. The what? <laughs> yeah, and so St. Thomas Aquinas has a commentary on it. You can <laughs> maybe you're familiar with that. <laughs>
1: Uh, listen to old episodes of Ignition. You'll have some idea why Father's insulting me. So continue, <laughs> uh, Father.
0: <laughs> you with, you uh, played along with
1: it. though. into it. Into okay. it. Okay.
0: Uh, but uh, so in, yeah, Saint Paul in his letter to the Galatians talking about how it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Man, uh, and so that freedom then means you can have that playfulness. Uh, you can playful banter. Um, that you can have that that joy of life. Um, And I think about this too in a more serious sense in St. Paul in Romans chapter five, um, where he talks about uh, the hope that we have, even in the midst of uh, uh, suffering Mm -hmm. and suffering leads to perseverance and perseverance to proven character and proven character leads to hope. And so I can still hope, even though uh, it is dire and things are difficult and challenging, but my hope is not in me and my strength and my abilities, uh, but in uh, Jesus Christ himself and his victory.
1: So our hope is not in ourself. Right. I think that that is an aspect of what it means to be Christian, which is um, not only countercultural in the broader secular context, but frankly, even within among Christians to some degree.
0: Right. You know, I think that the salvation is not—and that in some ways this question has been an age-old uh uh, foe of uh, authentic Catholic and proper Catholic living. i want to avoid maybe the word authentic and you'll see why in a moment. But, mm. um, but the idea of, of Pelagianism yep. is, it was the formal name of this, this heresy um, from a man by the name of Pelagius. Yes. yes ladies and gentlemen, uh, who is not a, who's not a Sith Lord. <laughs> if you're a Star Wars fan, that might sound like he's a Sith Lord of some sort, but he's not it's true. It's uh true. And so, no, so Pelagius, not... A, a cleric, as most heretics have been in right, history. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, we're the ones who actually have free time to do the <laughs> heresy. <laughs> and so, and I think they're most often the religious they, uh, clerics and they, not diocesan they, clerics. That's very true as well. Mm, interesting. interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Pelagius, Pelagius. Pelagius. Uh, this idea that uh, if you, like, simply just kind of know the truth, you can do the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and in... And the way that kind of comes about, I think, in our modern world around us, and even to do some Catholic promotions in the modern world around us, is uh, what do the philosophers or sociologists might call self-actualization. Right. That it's about kind of becoming your true self, that Christianity is becoming <clears throat> your true self, finding your deepest desires, finding your deepest longings. Um, and, you know, there's there, there, everything that's wrong always has kernels of truth. Amen. Um, but, uh, but the Christian faith is more than just simply, uh, uh, being the best, uh, being, doing your best, uh, being your authentic self.
1: Yep. 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 So if you're just tuning in, there's a new ignition. This is a broadcast of the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and visiting today in studio with Father Andrew Dickinson about his answer to the question, what does it mean to be Christian? So just right there, we're talking about how it's not self-actualization. And, and as you said, I mean, everything that's wrong, I mean... Every, f- f- Every heresy is actually focusing in narrowly, too narrowly on one specific truth and beating it to death, losing sight of the larger whole. So in this case, there is a truth that that God does really want to transform us. It's called sanctification. Um, He does want to make us better. He He doesn't want to make us the best that we can be. But that's different than what you're just describing right
0: there. right It's different than like a program of self-actualization right It's different than me uh, accomplishing these victories over myself right in a certain sense um, because uh, maybe the the direct the the proper balance of this is the idea that Christianity is a defeat right. You know, Christianity is admitting that I've lost, right. uh, that I am uh, a sinner and incapable. So here's some of that seriousness to counteract the banter. Um, <laughs> the dear reviewer, uh, whoever you are, God whoever. bless you. Father's not bitter. Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, but uh, I am joking. I'm, I'm, I'm making my anyways now. I'm in my own head. Uh, get out of my head, myself. So that Christianity is, uh, this, this surrender, this admittance that I cannot be the one who does this victory. I need, I need Jesus to win the victory for me. And that doesn't excuse you then from, uh, striving to grow in virtue. Nope. Uh, but at the same time, uh, my personal growth is not the point of being a Christian. So but, say,
1: so I think that right there is probably where, uh, wait, 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 what? But we're supposed to become saints. What do you, what do you, what do you, if personal growth is sanctification, what does that mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, so, but sanctification must be led by the Lord. It must be led by surrender to him. Uh, it can't be manufactured by myself. Right.
1: Right. So I think, because I think, so the way that this happens, we're trying to grow in virtue, the virtuous life, and we want to grow. And so we, we do, like, well, how do you develop habits? So well, I'm going to read a book on, on habits and I'm going to do this. And and you and I talked about smart habits once upon a time yeah. on Ignition. Uh, so again, there's some truth there, but but it, it very subtly gets twisted to where it's we've lost sight of the primacy of grace, the, the primacy of God moving and me responding to the those movements, responding to his grace and me just leading the way.
0: Surprise, surprise. There's a beautiful scripture passage that comes to mind as we say this. Uh, Psalm 127, which goes, and this is the translation from the breviary that I've memorized because I pray it quite often. If the Lord does not build the house in vain do the builders labor. Amen. If the Lord does not keep watch in vain, does the watchman keep vigil? In vain is your earlier rising, you're going later to rest, you who toil for the bread you eat, while he pours gifts on his beloved while they slumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this invitation from the psalm in that way, like, so he's not saying not to build. Right. He's not to say, he's not saying don't keep watch, but rather, you know, build where the Lord builds to follow the Lord's lead, to follow the lead of grace and learning how to do that in our Christian life. And it's okay to to learn through trial and error. OK, that, uh, oh, I think the Lord wants me to work on this virtue or work on this. Right. And, you know, maybe I'm frustrated and, you know, things are coming to no end. Well, maybe I learned through that the Lord's actually looking to move me over here. Right. Or in some, in some and that'd be more of a negative learning path. But maybe there might be a positive, so to speak, learning path of, you know, I, I read into one thing, look at one thing and then, oh, actually, no, he's actually pulling me to this other direction uh, in order to. Uh, die to myself that the new man in Christ, the new person in Christ, the new Adam, uh St. Paul talks about it, might live within me.
1: That remi- reminds me of a conversation you and I were having um, before we start recording today about how—I was making the point that, you know, I can come up with all sorts of good ideas, maybe even great ideas, maybe even some brilliant ideas, but are they the Lord's ideas? Right. So when it comes to me and my own growth in holiness, my own growth and becoming more and more Christ-like, how I do that, is that being led by my good, great, maybe even brilliant idea, or by my discernment of what the Lord's asking me to do?
0: Correct. And the, But the good news to that, again, is that the Lord is the one who will teach you this. <clears throat> right. And he's patient, and he's generous, and he's not going to get fed up. Uh, and so he's and very willing then to to allow you to learn through trial and error.
1: Right. Frankly, I think we're f- well, most if not all of us are far more prone to get frustrated, impatient, and give up on ourselves than he is. Right. That's why I think that for me, that's part of the the, the battle of holiness is me um, being as patient with myself as he is.
0: There's a line from uh, Pope Francis um, about confession along these lines, where he said. Um, It's not God who gets tired of forgiving us. It's we who get tired of going and asking for forgiveness. Amen. Amen.
1: Okay, so again, stepping back, we're talking about what does it mean to be Christian. So I, I, if I were to synthesize to boil down what we've been saying so far, it's it's pointing towards like my phrase the primacy of grace, right as opposed to my own program of self-sanctification, self-actualization. Correct. What else comes to mind? Or um, continue along those lines?
0: Well, I think maybe just to continue along that lines and maybe just to draw out maybe a few uh, examples of attitudes that are maybe contrary to the primacy of grace. So here I think about like uh, the popularity of a Joel Olstein,
1: mm.
0: right? Um, who's very much this idea of kind of a, an actualization of self, prosperity gospel, guy. right? And uh, but not just prosperity gospel. Like if you know, if you're good, you'll be blessed, right? But even in the sense of like being good is being happy about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, being satisfied your, with yourself at the end of the day, um, this sort of self satisfaction, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and, and so that's and then that's just very much in like the religious air around us and in Christian religious circles. And and there's parties in Catholic uh, places you can, you know, start to, when you start to attune your ear to this, you might notice places where this is, you know, uh, maybe more in the air Um, and just culturally too, it's in the air.
1: Yep. Oh, absolutely.
0: Right. That, uh, and and I think so many of like the challenges of, um, of modern American living are about uh, fight uh, the modern American desire to uh, achieve self-realization, that then the self-realization, the path of self-realization also often, quite often runs contrary to the gospel, uh, yep. to Jesus Christ, to his teachings, to his life.
1: Yeah, some, some, and we've talked about this in the nation before. Some sort of core uh, American principles, rugged individualism, the self-made man. And so, again, there's some truth to that. It's, um, but the, there either is error or very prone to misunderstanding. Right. Those ideas.
0: Right. And so I think, uh, uh, let's talk about some paths out of this, in, mm. like the way of what it means to be a Christian then. So we've talked about some things of not being a Christian. Let's talk about some ways out of
1: this. Great. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Father Andrew Dickinson about... What does it mean to be Christian? So we've been talking about how we can fall for these false ideas, which closely resemble um, the ancient heresy of plagianism. How do we find our way out?
0: Yeah. So I I, I honestly surrender, Mm. the idea of surrender, uh, surrender to the Lord, surrender um, and uh, a spiritual surrender to him, of the things I hold dear, the things that I'm worried about, um, of uh, the things that press on my day. Uh, so it's just starting the practice of surrender. Uh, the problem is what does surrender look like? Right. Right. You know, uh, but the easiest thing is to say, well, just surrender. Now surrender is different than giving up. Mm. Right. So giving up would be like, well, I'm not going to try anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. But a spirituality of surrender is, uh, opposed to giving up. It's rather giving up control. Right. Right. And so. That the Lord is going to be Lord, uh, and and the Lord is going to be the one that I follow in that way.
1: Uh, giving up control, and that's I mean, and maybe it's a human thing in general. Certain to me, it's an, an American thing. It's definitely a Chris thing. We have control issues. I have control issues, which ultimately betray a lack of trust.
0: Right, and and, and so betray a lack of trust, and also come from concupiscent desire. Absolutely, the desire to. Uh, to be made in my own image and to reject the fact that I am a creature who's made in the image and likeness of God, which means then I am not the author, uh, not the uh, uh, planner of my own life, but I have to receive my life. My life is something I receive from God uh, in an ongoing fashion, Uh, not just once in the womb or once in the primordial slime uh, or once in the Big Bang, but rather it's something I'm ongoingly... uh,
1: Yes, go with and
0: it. A going on uh, <laughs> grammar, uh, something that uh, I continually receiving from the Lord, and so that requires then me from me as a Christian uh, a life of ongoing surrender to Him.
1: Right, because I think it's another temptation that that even the even the most mature or, or the most maturing disciple, at least the most, maybe not, but those who are well on the path of of Christian maturity. Thank you, Lord, for getting me here. I'm
0: good. Right. Like, Satisfied. I, I, I've
1: got it here. I, I've got it from here. I, I, I can go the rest of the way on my
0: own. Yeah, no. know, I can't. No. So uh, a, a priest friend of mine, Father Scott Trainor, uh he loves the image of the spiritual life, you know, because uh, the the implicit image of the spiritual life for that person uh, you were talking about uh, just now is the image of like a charged battery or a filled bucket. Yeah. Yes. I got, I got to get recharged, you know, but really, uh, Father Scott trainer has this beautiful image of a sail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, uh, and it's a little foreign to us here in the beautiful, uh, lands (laughs) of, uh, the great plains and, uh, but of a sail that's filled with wind and our, our life, uh, and the sail only has, uh, force and movement and value if it's connected with the wind. Right. And the moment it's not connected with the wind, the ship just dies. Right. And so it's a continual process of that. And so in our own spiritual life, the sail, of course, being our life of prayer, our life of awareness of the presence of God, a connection to him, and the wind being the grace of God, mm-hmm. that we have to have uh, sails up and in contact with him in all times to go anywhere.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think, and just as with a, a sail, the sailor is always attentive to the way the wind is blowing. If he wants to continue moving forward, we have to be attentive to how the spirit is moving in our lives yeah. if we want to keep being docile to him.
0: Correct. And, you know, uh, maybe, um, and so that's uh, that's a good way to think about and to conceive of this idea of what does surrender uh, look like in the Christian life? Surrender in a certain sense then is keeping my sails up. mm like, is, is keeping my mind attentive to the Lord right. um, and, and what he's doing in that way. And that's, uh, that's how we can start to cultivate then life uh, prayer as a life of lived communion.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So that prayer is not just something I do from time to time, you know, morning prayer, go to mass, <clears throat> um, whatever it might be in my life, based on the state of my life. But all of these things to then cultivate a lived communion with God. So that uh, whether I'm brushing my teeth, whether I'm a college student walking between t- between classes, whether I'm changing my baby's diapers, whether I'm sitting in a boring meeting at work, uh, whatever it might be, from sublime to mundane and everything in between, that can be trying to be doing this in a lived awareness of the presence of God. Amen.
1: So... It, um... If, if my prayer time, personal prayer time in the morning or in the evening, uh, my participation at mass, those are maybe more uh, intense moments. And in, intentional. Intentional moments of prayer. But they should, but, but that spirit of prayer being a lived communion should pervade my entire
0: day in all that I do. Right. And cultivating that awareness of his presence. Uh, God is never not with you. Right. 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 And so uh, there's uh, Peter Kreeft. Uh, you might think that his name is pronounced Creeft but it's pronounced Kreeft. yes it is uh Peter Kreeft, who's a uh th- philosopher technically? Yep. philosopher yep. from Boston College yep. and uh a prolific writer yes uh but he talks about um he has this book uh, I think Jesus shock yep and in it he says yeah I want you he has this little quiz at the beginning he says I want you to name the three most important people in the world and so often like people will put down like oh president or whatever. he's like What's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. They're the three most important people in the world. And, you know, that's part of our awareness of the presence of God and part of our lived Christian faith. And that way, am I aware of God's presence, that he's the mm-hmm. most important one? And that's that comes back to the idea then of surrender, that uh, I'm paying attention to him uh, in my daily lived life.
1: I'm paying attention to him in my daily lives at certain times more intentionally or more intensely, but that would be an awareness that I'm cultivating throughout.
0: Correct. Day. And so like the Sunday mass, uh, devotionals that you might do, whether daily mass, rosary, things like that, all of those things then are to hopefully to practice, uh, to get better at, uh, noticing, uh, and responding to the presence of God so that in the midst of your daily life, it's more and more of that ingrained habit. Right.
1: Right. By the way, we have about two minutes left. Any, and whether it may be a synthesis of what we've been saying so far, or just a little tease of another aspect of how you answer the question, what does it mean to be Christian?
0: I think um, that's, that's a hard, that's a good question. I wasn't prepared for that, Dr. Bruce. Sorry, sorry, Father. Gosh. Um, so I think maybe just to summarize again, that what it means to be a Christian is not about uh, being perfect. Mm. Right, uh, And so maybe the best way to summarize that to be a Christian, you first have to be a sinner, mm. you know, and I, I talk with my college students about this quite often uh, that uh, the Catholic church is a place for sinners. Uh, it's not a place for the perfect. It's not a museum of the perfect and other people have used lines like that. It's uh, the hospitals. Pope Francis talks about the field hospital, field hospital. right? Um, but uh, so to be a Christian is first to be a sinner and your whole life, you will be a sinner but to become more and more a sinner who is surrendering to uh, the lived, the living presence of God in Jesus Christ and the power of his Spirit and responding to uh, that living presence. And so my Christian life then, rather than an action of uh, perfection, is an action of that surrender uh, to and aware, an living awareness of uh, that presence of God and his love for me as a sinner.
1: So I think maybe one way to uh, restate that is to recognize, to acknowledge who and what I am, a sinner, um, but then to recognize and acknowledge who it is that the Father calls me to be.
0: Yeah. Being a sinner is the beginning of it, but it's not the end of it. And sometimes we can get caught, oh, I'm a sinner and we're just focusing on our own sins. But no, that's the beginning of it. It's not the end.
1: Amen. Um, So when, when you think, uh, if you're, if you're listening to this, uh, and what father gets been sharing, um, I think the thing that I appreciate most probably goes back to the beginning and what we ended up talking about the whole episode. It's not about what I'm doing. It's about what he's
0: right. doing in me and my cooperation with that. Right.
1: Um, Go ahead.
0: We're very close to 1 John chapter 5. Uh, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he first loved us and sent his son to die for us while we were yet sinners.
1: Amen. Father, it's been good to have you back on Ignition. Good to be back. You should come back more often. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. So... You are a sinner, but that's not all you are. Recognize the Lord moving and and follow his promptings. Father, thanks for being here with us today. And that will wrap, us, wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes.
0: And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.